listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, your daily podcast on the Denver Nuggets. Now, here is your host from denverstiffs.com, Adam Mates. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, part of the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Adam Mates from denverstiffs.com, the largest Denver Nuggets blog and community on the web. Check us out. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Following Locked On Nuggets at Locked On Nuggets at Adam underscore Mates and at Denver Stiffs. Um, we have good stuff on all those. If you don't know, now you know. We do also have Stiffs Night Out this weekend. I hope to see you guys there Saturday, seven o'clock at the Celtic on Market Street, fourteen hundred Market Street. Our big Nuggets watch party. We do one at the beginning of the year, the end of the year, and in the middle of the year. This is the middle of the year one. <clears throat> if in case that needed to be explained to you. But Stiffs Night Out's a great time. You can come out. I'm expecting, my guess is there'll probably be somewhere around 100 people there. Super mascot Rocky's going to show up. Nug- Denver Nuggets dancers. Nuggets are going to be giving away tickets to Pepsi Center, to Nuggets games at Pepsi Center, signed jerseys, basketballs, other items. Lots of cool stuff. There's no reason not to go. It's Saturday night. It's going to be a really good time. And then you get to watch the Nuggets game. <clears throat> you ever watch the Nuggets game surrounded by other Nuggets fans in a in a cool bar? It's so much fun. Like everybody gets so into the games. Like every basket is just so loud. It's so entertaining. So um, check it out. Stiff's night out, seven o'clock at the Celtic. I'm gonna be there. If you see me, come up and say hello. Don't be shy. Don't be hesitant. Come say hi. Let me know who you are, and let's talk Nuggets. I want to hear what you think about the team. What you think about the coach? What you think about the players? Who's your favorite? I think one of the cool things about this Nuggets team is people are starting to get different favorite players. I felt like last year, everybody loved Jokic, which is awesome because I also love Jokic. He's probably my favorite Nuggets player ever. Um, but it was it was last year was like everybody kind of had the same guy and and everybody kind of had the same thoughts. This year, you know, Gary Harris is getting better. Jamal Murray's getting better. There's there's just interesting. Trey Lyles has been interesting. There's there's different guys now that I feel like there's different people have different favorite players, and it's cool. I think that's the sign of a healthy team. Think about the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Draymond. I mean, like I, I, you mentioned Warriors fans all have different guys. Maybe Curry's the most popular. He's like our, our Jokic, but there's guys that like all, all kinds of different dudes on that roster, and I think it's cool. Nuggets are getting there with uh, different personalities and different great players. This episode of the podcast is actually brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Bowl season is here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. Are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for payout? Sign up at MyBookie.ag today and get paid fast when you win. MyBookie is your hookup for all your betting needs. I have any gamblers out there? I'm thinking I do. Um, You can even deposit using Bitcoin. All of the craze, all the kids are talking about. Um, Where you bet is just as important as what you're betting on. And if you want to make money betting on bowl games this season, there's only a couple bowl games left, I believe. you got to go to mybookie.ag. It's the only site I would recommend because they sponsor this show. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Go and check them out. They have odds in every matchup, every bowl game, everything. And they've also got live in-game betting. So you miss miss kickoff or tip-off or whatever it is you're trying to bet on, you can get kind of a live... uh, odds during the game uh, on different things different prop bets um so join now my bookie will also match your deposit up to 50 with a 50 percent bonus and if you use promo code locked on that's promo code locked on it'll activate your offer and you'll get that 50 percent bonus um so visit mybookie.ag you play you win you get paid all right this episode of the show is going to be on 10 things that um kind of 10 things to look forward to you could say 10 questions um, 10, 
10 items, you know, whatever you want to say, but 10 things we hope to learn in January. Um, the month of January just getting started. We had one game already, Nuggets 1-0 and in 2018. But this is 10 things I think we hope to learn in the month of January. I have said for a while that I think January is going to be a very revealing month for the Denver Nuggets because it's their easiest month if you just put all the months you know February they also have a, a fairly soft schedule so it's not like February it jumps up a lot but I think January is the easiest month on the entire schedule for them just in terms of strength of schedule strength of opponent whatever um, lots of home games so this is where I think we really figure out a lot of things about this Nuggets uh, this Nuggets team and and as much as I feel like I have a pretty good uh, pulse on the team at the moment, I do think by the end of January we're really going to know who this team is, and that's why I think it's such an exciting, uh, exciting month. So my first question, when will Paul Millsap be back? Now, we're not going to know the answer by, this, by the end of January. You know, Malone has said that if he is back by the All-Star game, which would be mid-February, um, or actually February 16th to 18th, if he was back by then, then he would consider that a win. Um, so, but you know, that's only two and a half weeks after the end of January. So by the end of January, you would hope to start to hear at least rumblings about Paul Millsap's return. You know, is the cast off is, is, is he starting to be able to go through shooting drills and things like that? You know, just little rumors. So I don't know if we're going to have the answer to this one. But, you know, maybe by the end of January, if something bad has happened, we probably would heard, oh, he had to go back in for another surgery or whatever. Rehab's going a little bit slower. So hopefully by the end of January, this one's maybe a little bit more hopeful, we'll have at least a bit of an idea of what his return is. Now, Paul Millsap himself has said that he has his own timetable that nobody agrees with. And if Malone says that it's, you know, end of the All-Star break, then an aggressive one that nobody believes with could be end of January. So... I'm not holding up hope. I'm not holding my breath, but I, I do think that by the end of January we'll kind of we'll kind of know. Number two, is Jamal Murray shooting for real? He shot 46.4% in the month of December. We've been waiting for this for a while. We've been waiting for that breakout stretch of games where he looks like an elite three-point shooter, which we know he can be. He's an elite shooter at other parts on the court, the free throw line. Uh, but December was really a coming out party, I thought, for Jamal Murray. Gary Harris did some things. Um, you know, it was a coming out party for him, even Mason Plumley, you could say. But Jamal Murray, I think statistically, this was where we kind of saw, like, man, this dude can really score. He led the Nuggets in scoring in December. Now the question is, you know, and you have a hot month and, the, and it kind of goes like that. You do it two times in a row and now, now you start to believe it. So now I wonder, 46%, guys. He's going to lead the league in like three-point makes if he shoots that, you know, for an entire season. But so I don't think 46%, but he's only, I believe, shot over 40% in two months in his entire career. One was November of last year, so basically his first full month of basketball at the NBA level, and then once this last month, December. So I, I, my question, my wonder is, I, I think what he shoots this next month, I think, will be pretty revealing. For one, he's at home. Um, the Nuggets are at home, so they got all those ho home games. Um, but also there's, there tends to be a correlation, a slight correlation. I don't want to overblow this, but there tends to be a slight correlation between his minutes and his three point field goal percentage and his rookie season, especially when he was playing, you know, very inconsistent minutes and, and, and his role was less defined. I think his three point shooting was at its worst and it's kind of understandable when you're trying to figure out where you fit in and you never know if you're going to go back into the game, if you, how much energy to expend all this stuff. Um, you know, maybe that, that can affect it now. 
I was surprised that he only played, I think, like 26 minutes the other day in that game. But but nonetheless, he's playing pretty consistently point guard number one duties. And he's kind of uh, he more or less gets to play consistent 30 minutes per night. So uh, with this month ahead, I, I'm just curious to see what he shoots. I would put par if I was like to set the line. I would set the line for Jamal Murray's three-point percentage this month at 38%, which is high. It's higher than his career average. It's higher than his average on the season. Um, and he's going to be taking so many per game. But that's what I would set it at. So does he go over that? Does he go under it? Does he go right at it? That'll be an interesting thing to find out. I'm very curious to see uh, to see how he does. Number three, what is the final rotation? Who plays and who sits? I mean, this has been the big story of the last week, I think, with the minutes and Malone kind of tightening it up. I don't feel like we know the answer after one game, that January game, the Phoenix game. I don't feel like we know the answer now. Um, Is Kenneth Freed consistently in the rotation? Is Malik Beasley consistently? How many minutes is Torrey Craig playing? Is he consistently in the rotation? How many minutes is Barton playing on Plumlee and... I think Malone, I think, has been a lot more consistent with his rotations this season, in my opinion. I know a lot of people disagree with that take. I think he's been more consistent, and I feel like I kind of know how he's going to go more or less. But I think this month will be really be um, revealing in terms of who's playing and who's not playing. And, and my guess is that the starters, plus Barton, Lyles, and who am I missing? Torrey Craig. Will all be playing minutes, and I think Malik Beasley will be the next guy. I think he's probably going to get consistent minutes, um, and Kenneth Freed, another guy that I think will probably get fairly consistent minutes. I don't think it'll be a ten-man rotation, um, but I think those will be the ten guys that kind of see themselves get action, um, you know, at least somewhat consistently. So, but what is the rotation, and you know, how many minutes is Plumlee Jokic playing together? How are they playing together? How many minutes is Harrison Jokic playing together. The Nuggets, when Gary Harrison and Nikola Jokic are on the floor, the Nuggets are like one of the best teams in the NBA. The problem is if you play them both together too many minutes, then you have to play a lot of minutes without either of them, and the Nuggets really suffer when neither of them are on their court. So um, so I think the rotation stuff will be – it's always interesting. Honestly, basketball, we talk about it so much because it's always interesting. Um, I think, guys, I want to say that during the Phoenix game, I was getting so many people complaining about, oh, they should be playing Jokic more minutes. They should be playing Harris more. Harris was on fire. Why do you take him out? I, I just want everybody to understand. It's great. We're all passionate fans. You know, we all like this game. We all enjoy it a lot. So much, I think, of people's complaints and their analysis of the game, it's reactionary. The team is winning. You know, you have no complaint. The team starts losing or they or, or some shots don't go in. And it's like, well, whose fault is it? Whose fault? I get bas- the game of basketball, sometimes you make shots, sometimes you don't. A lot of a million things happen and I don't I just don't think you can always be re- reactionary. It's really easy when Malone rolls out a lineup and that lineup gets killed to say, "Well, he should have never played that lineup." You know, sometimes lineups just you know, it just doesn't work on that night, but I don't think I don't it's exhausting to kind of go game in and game out analyzing rotation stuff, but at the end of the month, I do think we're going to know who the 9 or 10 guys are and I think we'll see a, a a little bit of consistency. Assuming nobody gets hurt, we'll see a little bit of consistency with that rotation. Number four, just how good is Denver at home? 
Only three teams in the NBA have four or fewer, actually I should say four teams, counting the Nuggets, so three other teams, have four or fewer home losses at this very moment. The Spurs, the Raptors, and the Cavs. Now part of that is that the Nuggets have played fewer road home games than a lot of teams, but part of that is that the Nuggets have been awesome at home. They've been really, really good. So now that they have nine remaining home games this month, they have ten total, but nine remaining, only two of those nine games is are against teams with winning records portland who is 19 and 18 i mean they're or 18 and 17 i think one of those two they're one game up of 500 barely above 500 and then boston who's a very good team um but i think boston coming in on a kind of a long road trip so denver has in my opinion nine winnable home games i don't think they're go, they'll go nine and no that's asking a lot but i think they have nine winnable home games this month and you know if you win seven of those i think your your home record looks pretty awesome and you start to say okay this is a really good home team and in a playoff series that home home court advantage is, is going to be maybe be a factor they go eight and one uh you really get excited they go nine and oh and now you start to talk about some of this 2013 magic where it's like you know what whatever you want to say this team's overrated underrated they're good they're they're fake contender whatever you, you, if they go like an eight and one, nine and zero run here at home, then you say, okay, this team is scary good at home, and there's a reason they have this record. So that that I think that's a big question, bigger than people maybe want to um, want to realize, especially because Denver hasn't been great at home for the last couple of years, and it's been painful. Uh, you start to win that mile high um, home court advantage and get some of that mile high intimidation, then I think it really does snowball. So. Great opportunity for the Nuggets to to get going in that regard. Number five. This is my favorite one, by the way. is the biggest one because I'm a Nikola Jokic guy. Can Nikola Jokic take a leap? Now, this one's a funny one because I just I, – I put up the Nikola Jokic highlights on denverstiffs.com. I hope everybody checked those out. And I, I always try to write something, you know, interesting as a lead-in to those. And I talked about on this one how – you know, Nikola Jokic some nights dominates games, and it doesn't feel like he dominates. And I thought the game against Phoenix, it looked to me like he dominated the last 14 minutes. It didn't look like he dominated the the, the rest of the game. But you look at the box score, he's a team high plus 24. Sometimes he just quietly dominates. And so this one, when I say can Nikola Jokic take a leap, I don't think I'm I'm being too outrageous if I say it feels like this season Nikola Jokic has has another another level he can get to and it's not to say he's not playing bad third in rpm he still stands out in a lot of these advanced metrics his efficiency is a little bit down so i think if there's one thing you could point to you could say okay he's taking fewer shots at the uh, at the rim and fewer shots in the paint um l- more long twos more three-pointers so his his game has kind of moved or at least his his scoring game has moved a little bit further away from the rim so maybe you could point to that and say well, maybe he'll get back to you know scoring in the paint a little bit more, but I just feel like Nikola Jokic has, as great as he's been, has another level in him, and we saw it last year. You know, the month of January was kind of a launch pad for him to really just dominate. I think if Jokic has another, if he really does, if we are only seeing like the B plus version of Jokic, he has an A plus version in there, and it comes out this month. I mean that that's when I think you really start to talk about the all-star to me if I'm being honest with it I think Nikola Jokic is probably I haven't gone through it probably not an all-star at this moment um, but he's right there on the cusp a big month of January and part of this isn't his fault the injury the addition of Paul Mills you know there's been some things the Moutier all this stuff I think has, has played into it 
But this month of January is a prime opportunity for him to kind of spread his wings a little bit. And I'm curious to see it. I believe in Nikola Jokic. I, that's, part of this isn't critique. Part of this is me saying, like, as good as he's been, I actually think he's even better than he's shown us. And I'm curious to see it. I thought for the last 10 games or so, Jokic has started to play loose. And he's been starting to throw. Like, he had six turnovers the other day. I, I don't... I. People are really going to roll their eyes at this one. I don't mind some of his turnovers, especially when he's getting kind of crazy with the ball, because he's a guy that I think you kind of have to live with some turnovers for him. You want you don't you don't you want him to be around the three or four turnovers or less, you know, per night. I mean, you want to cut those down for sure. You don't just accept them. But I think that there's this level of like he has to be comfortable and he has to be playing loose out there and willing to throw some of these crazy passes. It's the same way Steph Curry. If you watch Steph Curry play best shooter of all time he takes some bad shots sometimes but the, there's value in some of those bad shots because defenses i think even when you miss defenses react to your willingness to take some of those shots well with Jokic, his willingness to pass and his willingness to kind of do some of these things i think has that same effect and that teams start to like over focus when he has the ball and do silly things when he has the ball because they're so prepared for whatever crazy thing he's going to pull out of his bag of tricks so um so i think we've seen flashes of it this year you look at his per 36 numbers and like they're almost identical to last season maybe even slightly down in 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 some of the categories like points and assists but i think he has another leap in him and i kind of think it's coming in january i'm not i I don't want to jinx it or anything but I, i i think his best basketball is ahead of him Speaking of best basketball being ahead, my next question is, is Gary Harris's best basketball still ahead of him on the season? You look at Gary Harris's numbers, per 36 numbers are like, his numbers are actually like literally identical from last year. I was surprised by that. I thought some of the assists and scoring would be up. His per 30, he's playing more minutes, so that's part of it. But his per 36 numbers are identical to last year. His three-point shooting a little bit down, but mostly because of the month of December, his uh, his October, November numbers were through the roof, and then December he kind of ran into that wall. I suspect because of the minutes he was playing, but but pretty identical. It still feels like he's playing better than last year. So it's weird, you know. Jokic's per thirty six numbers pretty much the same as last year. It feels like he's playing worse. Gary's per thirty six numbers play are pretty much the same. It feels like he's playing better. That might be, um, and in fact, I would say it is probably my own like. I trust the numbers probably more than I just trust my own um, gut feeling on this one. But nonetheless, I wonder if you give Gary Harris the month he had last year, last month, if you give him December, but instead of shooting 29% from three, he shoots 38 to 42%, which we know he can shoot. He's such a consistent three-point shooter. If, if you just add the month of December Gary with shooting Gary, I think what you get is 36-point night Gary, which is what we got against the Phoenix Suns. So... Is his best basketball still ahead? I think it is. I, I, I think Gary Harris is a guy. Actually, I, I, I've said that it works out that I always doubt him, so I guess I should doubt him. But he's a guy that, to me, has been better every month that he's been in the league. Like, if you just if his, if his you showed a progress chart um, of Gary Harris from when he entered, it'd be like a straight uh, lot slope upwards, like a very linear slope upwards. So I'm curious to see that because what does that look like? What does it look like if he continues to, to get better and better? Number seven, what is going to happen to Torrey Craig? 
This is a big one. Tory Craig's 45 days will be up by the end of January, or at least I, I don't know the exact date, but it'll be awfully close. I think that the Nuggets will have to make a decision with Tory Craig. You know, his first couple games here, numbers are through the roof. He's shooting all, all this well. Some of the shine has come off him a little bit. I mean, we realize he's a great defender who plays hard. And he, he creates opportunities like – the other day, he actually missed the putback, but he grabbed an offensive rebound he had no business getting. He kind of gets loose balls he has no business getting. He he gets beat, and then he recovers just because off of pure hustle. He does those kind of things, and I think that's who he is. I actually think that's his upside in the NBA, but that's a really valuable player on a talented team, and the Nuggets are a talented team. They just sometimes need that that crash guy, a guy to play like crash, and that, that that's kind of what he is. Um, and, and so I... I I actually think he's a guy that whose role should maybe be expanded. I think he should be playing 15 minutes a game to buy rest for Gary Harris, buy rest for Will Barton, uh, Wilson Chandler. And at 15 minutes a game, I think that he doesn't hurt you. He just helps you with his energy and effort level. I especially love him with Nikola Jokic. I hope that we continue to see more more Tory Craig Nikola Jokic minutes. So, but but by the end of January, I think I think we'll have at least a little bit of an inkling of. The Nuggets don't feel like he's an important piece of the rotation for this season, or they're going to move some pieces to make sure that he stays on the roster. So what happens to him is an interesting storyline to me. Number eight, who is on the trade block? This is the most – we're in trade season, guys. This is the most interesting part, uh, I think, of the year. In terms of traffic, it's it's the draft is, like, number one, and the trade deadline probably number two. This is in terms of, like, site traffic on denverstiffs.com. Who is on the trade block? That's going to be a fun one. Emmanuel Mudia, is he done in Denver? This is I think we're at the point where we can actually legitimately ask this question. Is Emmanuel Mudia done in Denver? I don't think the front office knows that answer yet. Um, maybe they do. I don't know. Um, but I do think at the end of January that we, we probably will know. The rumors will start to come out. There will be leaks. People will know. And, you know, who knows? Maybe Emmanuel Mudia, seeing how he – this has to be really, really tough for him being completely cut out of the team completely i mean he's he is at this moment at least a uh garbage time player he plays in garbage time so if he's done in denver that's got to be tough and you wonder going into this trade deadline does he start to leak things publicly does his agent start to put it out there that amudier would like a trade that he's looking for a trade um that's something to follow it's also you know Kenneth Freed's the other guy I think there's only two guys that I look on the roster that I say they're gonna they they maybe could try to force their way out of town Moody is one of them Farid is the other one and Farid has been um less than subtle we'll say about some of you know where his mind frame is social media media he's been posting things like big changes are coming uh for me like hinting at <coughs> him being traded or something like that so will either of those guys will are they working with the front office? Is it one of those like thing, like uh, secrets within the organization that those guys are out the door? Or is the front office looking at it purely as if the right deal comes, we'll go. If not, you're going to stay here. And if that's the case and that's what's been communicated, or if that's what it looks like, we get up closer to that end of January, getting closer and closer to the trade deadline, does somebody say, no, I'm not going to risk it. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to force my way out and tank my value if you don't trade me now. So that'll be it. It's an interesting storyline, a little bit more of a negative one. Um, but the trade deadline, by the end of January, we're going to be in the thick of trade rumor season. And and that will probably be the storyline of the end of January, no matter what else is going on. And I wonder what players around the league become available. 
I look around at the free agent class. I was doing this exercise with a buddy the other day, just looking at free agents for the summer. Not a lot of names I like. I think Kyle Anderson was like the the realistic option of guys I, I really liked. He's restricted free agent out of San Antonio, and he's like a Spurs-type guy. I don't see the Spurs not matching any realistic offer for him. Um, you know, Paul George, LeBron James, yeah, sure, love those guys, but I, I just don't th- – those aren't realistic. And then the role players that are out there, I, I just – there's not a lot of names that jump out to me. So um, so that that really leaves to, in my mind, I don't know that there's guys I look out out there and say the Nuggets are going to improve in free agency in the summer. They, I think they're going to most likely improve via the trade at the trade deadline or over the summer. And, you know, the sooner the better, especially with guys like Wilson Chandler, um, uh, Kenneth Fareed, who have an extra year on that deal. Wilson, if he chooses to opt in, Kenneth Fareed, no options at all he's just he's just going to have that money so it'll be interesting to see what denver does and then also it affects their salary cap if they go into the summer without making a trade at the deadline um their salary cap situation is a pretty fix because they'll extend nikola Jokic, and i don't think they'll have a ton of money to either re-sign uh, a guy like will barton or you know to, to try to improve their roster that way so the trade deadline i think will be especially interesting for denver but that doesn't mean i i I feel confident that a deal will get done just because we've seen so many um, trade deadlines pass where we thought things would happen. I'm, I'm done predicting it, but I do think it'll be an interesting one because even if the Nuggets stay pat, it'll have some pretty large implications for them uh, going forward. Number nine, can Denver be a fully healthy Portland team at home? And not can they. That's a bad way. I phrased that one really poorly because I think, of course, they can. Um, but fully healthy Portland team coming into Denver. Denver's played them three times now. They're they're one and two, and all three have been at Portland. It's crazy that you're, it'll almost be an entire year from when the Nuggets traded Portland to when Yusef Nurkic will make his return to Denver. And I am, I can't wait for that game. I am fascinating. What what is he going to do? What is he going to say when he returns? How is he going to respond? And then how is how are the fans going to respond? You know, the Nurkic beef. People listening to the show. I think view Nurkic by and large as um, an enemy. You know, like he's a he's a hated player that used to be here, and 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 now we root against him or or, or whatever. The casual fans, I don't think know. Like I I don't know that there's this huge emotional connection with the with outside of the maybe five or six thousand people that are that are diehards and follow these things closely. I think everybody else, it's you know, it, it's a little bit more casual. So I I was looking on just the this is like the least scientific thing i could do but i was looking at the schedule on espn and they have the the ticket um you know the vivid seats connection so you it tells you what your cheapest tickets are the portland game has the second cheapest tickets available of the uh, third third cheapest tickets available of the of the month of january only the atlanta hawks game has cheaper tickets so that makes me think that that game is at the moment not very sold out it is on a monday like I, I wish that game was a Friday or a Saturday because how fun would that be to have like a nice drunk loud crowd booing Nurkic the whole night and and on top of that an important divisional game, but unfortunately it's a Monday so I'm curious I'm just curious what the return of Yusef Nurkic is like how the Nuggets play I thought Jokic played nervous slash passive in the first two games and he played really really aggressive and bullied Nurkic in the game three so what do we get in game four do we get bully Jokic or do we get you know the more passive one and how does Damian Lillard impact that I think Damian Lillard had like two really clutch games in in Denver last year so we'll see what happens this next time 
And then the last one, number 10, how does Denver match up with San Antonio? This one, Denver-San Antonio at the moment, I know we have a lot of basketball to play. It's it's impossible to really project. Denver-San Antonio might be the likeliest matchup for Denver in a playoff series. I think Denver makes the sixth seed. I think Oklahoma City and Minnesota probably finish ahead of them in the standings at the end of the year. Um, I think San Antonio finishes third, so that sets up a 6-3 matchup. Maybe the Clippers, Portland, New Orleans can pass Denver. Utah maybe, um, but I don't. I don't think so. I think Denver is is. I think there's kind of a gap, but and and those seven and eight seeds are are uh, a good step below um, everybody else. So Denver likely to match up with San Antonio. I would say at this moment as likely as anyone, and and that. You know, who knows how they match up with him? I think that's going to be really interesting. Now, we're not going to fully know because Millsap's not not there yet, and he likely will be back for the playoffs. So we won't know the the full extent of it, but at least it's it, it'll provide us a glimpse. Does Nikola Jokic go off? Does Gary Harris go off? Does Jamal Murray go off? Or do those guys struggle? Is there a matchup there that's really troublesome? What does San Antonio do? You know, Popovich is a guy that I think he always keeps things really close to the chest. They always talk about... You know, they'll run an out-of-bounds out play in November, and then they'll, they'll be like, okay, it works. Let's not ever run that again until a playoff series. And then that, that like people that try to scout them, it's like we don't even know what their playoff ATOs and sideline out-of-bounds and all these things are because they, they keep them secret throughout the year. So so I don't know that they're going to show their hand too much, but there are things that I think just matchups and how players play. Does anybody Can anybody guard Kawhi, for example, or LaMarcus Aldridge? That stuff will be interesting. It is worth noting that the Nuggets play San Antonio twice this month, and both times it's on the second night of a back-to-back, both times on the road. So Denver is at San Antonio, at San Antonio, uh, at San Antonio, I'm sorry, on the 13th after playing at home against Memphis on the 12th. Then they're at San Antonio on the 30th after playing against Boston at home on the 29th. So both games, they're kind of set up for failure. Um, but still, I'm less interested in if they win or lose and more interested in just like some of the matchups with them. They do play San Antonio again on February 23rd, so and that one will be at home. So I guess you, you know at least at least we'll have that to kind of look at and evaluate. So that's it, month of December. I think really interesting, some some interesting stuff and some fun stuff to look forward to. I'm sure there's other stuff in there, like you know some people would talk about Malik Beasley. I would throw that into the rotation question, um, but I think there's a lot. I think this is a very interesting month for Denver and. We've been waiting a long time, I think, for them to have this opportunity to go on a run. Hopefully they seize it. Thanks so much, guys. I am going to have a Weekend Summit episode recorded tomorrow at Pepsi Center after the Nuggets game. So I will have a Weekend Summit. It just won't drop on Friday this week. It'll drop on Saturday. So you can look forward to that. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Uh, And I will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com.